Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings. Every time you go. Field trip. HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices. Hello. We're here with Jennifer Buchanan. Imagine being able to improve your breathing, lower your blood pressure, improve your heart health, and relax mus muscle tension just by listening and singing along with your favorite tune. Jennifer Buchanan was 14 years old when she discovered the healing powers of music. She witnessed it transform her hospitalized grandfather. Of course, there is also a science behind music therapy. Buchanan has spent 30 years working with people of all ages from all walks of life. Today, her services are even more in demand as music is used to rebuild those disconnected from the pandemic. She is the executive director and past president of the Canadian Association of Music Therapists. Her new book, Wellness Well Played, The Power of a Playlist, launches October 10th on World Mental Health Day. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, Debbie. Thanks for having me. Oh, Annie, I'm, I'm so excited about this. And, and isn't that true that during this pandemic, we, uh, we've been all seeking some, some ways for us to, uh, to feel better. And for so many of us, music's been one of those ways. Yes. And I, I must say, I went down a rabbit. There was, there was a while there in 2020 where people were posting their 10 favorite album covers and, yeah. and that was so much fun. <laughs> right. I did the same thing. And I felt that it's, it was impossible to put one of those albums or the 10 albums that you were doing without ha seeing your past in complete mm. technicolor. Like you could see everything. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to admit mm. until I met you, mm. I really never heard of a music therapist. It's pretty big deal, isn't it? <laughs> well, and you're not alone. Uh, there are uh, approximately a thousand certified music therapists across Canada. Um, we have um, more than that within North America and, of course, throughout the globe. Um, but it is one of those professions that continues to grow. And like you were mentioning, becoming more in demand um, as particularly we're talking around mental health considerations and, and well-being and just knowing how effective music can be for that. Um, as music therapists, we're the a guide. We are someone who sits side by side with patients one-on-one uh, -on -one or in small groups. And um, and very similar to the realm of counseling, um, we're using music as a real viable tool to help people achieve those things that are so important to all of us, be it our improving our mood, uh, recalling positive memories that we can then use to um, move forward and, and feel a little more whole and together. And also to boost that productivity and motivation 
that um, many of us are needing to ensure our performance is still there instead of us just hiding under the covers and, and feeling like I just want to nap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when what were those emotions that you felt when you saw this work on your grandfather for the mm -hmm. first time? You know, that story that I have told thousands of times um, is such a signature moment for everything that I have continued to do. And uh, the so to put into context, um, Oscar Buchanan was truly the most miserable um, elder I had met in my, <laughs> as a kid, like, um, and, and he had a stroke. He actually had two strokes fairly close together. Um, and the second stroke is what took him into long-term care. And you can imagine already grumpy, a stroke doesn't make you any happier ever. And now he was unable to walk. He was unable to talk. Um, his face always looks so pained and anguished. And because my granny was essentially brilliant and wanted the family to always feel connected, it would be her that would say um, to me at, as a young teen, um, knowing that I'd been practicing the guitar, knowing I'd been learning some songs and her saying, um, you know, Jenny, um, why don't you come in next Friday and sing your granddad's favorite song? And it sounds just so simple. Mm -hmm. um, and it absolutely transformed my life because the shifting for him was that I would see the most miserable person on the planet soften and become warmer and um, begin to cry and reach out with his one good hand to touch my hand. Um, and the transformation for me was that I had experienced music in a way of how much I loved it and how it affected me personally. But to create connection in such a deep, meaningful way with another human, that's the career I want for the rest of my life. Mm. So, you know, it does sound like you have the best job in the world, but is it really as easy as it sounds or <laughs> it must be a complicated process? Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because there's so many layers to that, Debbie. That's such a, um, so in some ways it's, um, it's a hard job because when you show up at a hospital with a guitar on your back and you're going up the elevator and someone says, oh, it's so nice that you're here to entertain. Um, who are you going to go see? And they're always surprised that you've been hired by this hospital or organization, that this is a career um, that... Uh, with a with a guitar on your back, you're going to be going and doing some pretty deep, meaningful work with 
with people who are in some of their greatest struggles of all time. They they may have been um, in a motor vehicle accident. They may be in their last days of life. Um, they may have been in, in long-term care for three and a half years and just don't know what what this if this has any benefit to them whatsoever anymore. And those are the people we're going to see. And so how do you in an elevator conversation shift it from you just being the music lady showing up, <laughs> you know, to to by the end of today, we will have had the opportunity to help strengthen people with their resiliency, with their renewed sense of dignity, with them um, remembering the best part of themselves and being able to bring that out. It's really difficult. So that's one place that's difficult. All that coupled with, we're talking about the arts. The arts are not, um, whether it's therapy or not, tends to not be an area where we put a lot of funding. Mm. Um, and and when we do, it's very, very specialized and doesn't necessarily reach the broad masses at the time. And so creating a career where you're getting on the health services budget line, that's an interesting, that's been an interesting mm. journey. And, and we're seeing progress there, but there's still a lot more work to do. And then probably the most significant is explaining what you do. And music therapists, I mean, as great as the as it is, we're not the best at explaining exactly what we do. <laughs> and uh, because it is hard, it yeah. is so layered, it is so complex, yeah. it is so nuanced. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of hard in it and a lot of great moments. Yeah. So what makes a good music therapist? Oh, you know, that's so good. Um, you, you, first of all, you need to be interested in, in being a healthcare worker. Um, mm -hmm. it, 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 in that way, you know, it's about, um, the working with other humans, as I was mentioning in some of their, uh, challenges and not to say that we also like other therapies work with people who are using um, therapy to as preventative health measures but it is in that area of that health and wellness sphere so um, and musicians uh, when we're musicians it can be um, very much about us you know the songs we're creating the the moment uh, the the music that we're going to share to the world that's of our artistry and the therapy part is 100 about the client needs so it you have to be so curious about the human condition the needs of people um as individuals but also uh, within the organizations that they are belonging to and be so curious and innovative as to um, how could our services create those benefits that they're um, needing to achieve in, say, mental health or in rehab or another area of healthcare. Yeah. 
So how good a musician do you have to be to be a music therapist? And you mentioned accreditation. Uh, yeah. So you need some sort of degree or certificate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you have to be pretty good to be a music therapist to get, and you have to have a good idea of all the different ways to use music. So it's also, it's not just listening to music. It's about creating music together. It's about using specific net techniques to, for rehabilitation of speech or, or to help someone's gait, finding the right tempos um, that will assist someone from feeling like, feeling like they can't move an arm to all of a sudden they can find that beat and connecting uh, the neural pathways in the brain, having access to science, having access to art. And uh, it's amazing um, that we can do that through school. A lot of my schooling was very specialized training. Um, and in Canada and throughout the world, it's predominantly a degree or a master's education you're starting to hear that people are talking about a master's entry level in order to be a music therapist uh, throughout the world. And our certification process is a board exam after you've done a thousand hours of internship with a supervisor. Um, and I do think it's because it's so nuanced um, and simple. Like I, I keep saying it's, it, it's also the simplest thing. We all hear about how music can help people, um, but that doesn't make it easy. So the schooling helps with, uh, with all of the complexities of it, taking this very simple concept and putting all the pieces together. We've got several schools across Canada and the U.S., North America, and um, they are with with people who have been practicing a really long time. Yeah. So is music therapy also like a one off or is it uh, a multi session program? Mm -hmm. I would say that varies for people, too. So um, so with organizations, so there have been organizations that our company has served um, for 30 years. And the people within that organization may shift, but we're serving their mission um, mm -hmm. and, and meeting them. Uh, with individuals, we have seen a variety. And, you know, therapy is an interesting thing because people say, well, you shouldn't always need therapy. It should be for a short block of time and then you move forward. And yet we've worked with some kids from the time they were eight years old in um, the school system, um, and perhaps they were working on some specific skills um, at that point. And then we continue seeing them into adulthood. Uh, I'm thinking of someone in my head right now who I met when she was eight years old, and we still see her. Mm. Um, I believe she is, uh, I believe she's almost 30 now, um, but her goals have shifted, but she still sees that, that the music therapy part can help her achieve those different goals. Um, and going through these last couple of years in particular, just bringing some sense of um, comfort uh, mm. that she, she requires. So we have seen that really long-term care, uh, long-term um, type of care over a person's lifetime where 
the the individual or the group um yeah have shifted their perspective between some acute treatments to more preventative treatments and then yeah one-offs um and we have been doing quite a bit of that over the last 18 months with um, frontline healthcare workers themselves who have seen us work with their clients. Um, that has been the greatest uptick to some of our work has been the frontline workers go, I've seen how that's worked with these people I serve. I need it. Can I just see you for one session? And uh, we have been doing several of those over the course of the last 19 months. Wow, that's amazing. So what you you are seeing people in some of their lowest moments. And so how does this work help you keep your spirits up? Yeah. you know, Debbie, I, I, music just has that capacity, hey, mm-hmm. you know, for all of us. So we use the same tool we're sharing a lot of the time. And um, as we meet people, um, they share their stories with us. And behind every song is an untold story until it's told. And we hear those all the time. Mm. I had a particularly um, uh, heart tugging moment for myself. Um, we, we as a team take typically a, a company closure um, during the Christmas to New Year's week. We typically close our work and I got a call from one of the places that we work, which was the palliative care unit, the end of life unit. And uh, they said, can you just come in? Can somebody come in just for um, a a very special case? And um... Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. And you know what time of year it is. It's back to school time and time once again for all of those after school activities, whether it's ballet or football, drama or field hockey, band or basketball, kids' feet need to feel good. Those cleats, sneakers, or shoes for band often don't do those young feet any favors. If our kids are going to stay active and healthy, then they need good feet. That means it's also time to take your kids to the Good Feet Store. Yeah, that's right, the young ones, the kids. Bring them into the Good Feet Store and let's treat them to some personal service. Our team members will measure their feet and find the right art support for them. They can still wear the shoes they want, but they will have the support to make them comfortable now and keep their feet healthy for the future. It won't take long, and it could change their life. Go to goodfeet.com to make an appointment, or just stop by the location nearest you, the Goodfeet store. I knew that I wasn't going to call my team. They were tired. We're still tired, but they were. They needed some a break for themselves. So I kind of grumbled a little bit, and I went, oh, Okay, you know, because when people ask, we go. And I went into the palliative care unit, and a nurse met me at the elevators as I came off, and she began to tell me she was. We were going to move quite quickly to the room I was going to be at, 
full PPE at the time, you know, the shield, the mask, the gown, the gloves, a guitar. You can imagine wiping down the guitar, like the whole thing. And uh, I didn't know what I was heading into. And um, they also said, you can't go in the room. So I had to go and stand at the door. So constraint, 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 like all these things, barriers, all of it. I was wearing a barrier. The door was a barrier. And um, they said that in the room would be a, um, a university student, a young student who um, had moved here um, from India hmm. approximately um, two years ago to go to university and um, was diagnosed with stage four cancer during her second year. And they had been working very hard for the last six months to get her parents brought over during COVID. They were finally there in her last week. And um, I got to the door. I had no idea what I was going to do. And this is when you are so grateful for all your years of training and all your experiences. And so you are able to put a little bit of a veil, but a real transparent style permeated veil that you can still reach people, but be able to keep thinking through of what's next. And um, I learned quickly, I didn't have to figure it out too hard because the mom knew exactly what she wanted. She said, um, would you please just play live music? I want the last thing my daughter to be live music. And I want the last thing she sees is her parents dancing and happy. Oh, wow. <laughs> so just when I thought nothing was going to affect me and change me in this job, and there I was earlier, just grumbling a little bit, I had to go to work. And I leave with an incredible story to share with people and <sighs> a moment to remind myself uh, just how powerful something so simple but not easy can be. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> yeah. um, you work with musicians too. Yes. And what do they take away from your sessions? Yeah, we get very nervous when we have to work with musicians <laughs> because the musicians are often way better musicians than we are. And, and that's, but there's a difference around um, processing music and the music of our lives and our stories through that. And, and all of us can forget those moments, you know, of um, something we went through and how music can anchor to that moment in our life. And then how can we bring that positive anchor into our current moment when we need it most? And I mean, the, these last two years have been really tough on musicians and all arts, um, all of our artists. Oh, I have thought about them so much. Um, I know many of them. And uh, so being able to um, um, also be there in those Sorry. moments, you know, um, with people, um, 
and offering some a new way to look at music for our own um, health and well-being has been really positive too. So, mm. so tell me about your new book. It, is there not also an audio version to it, or is not it an audio yet. book? Oh, I've had people <laughs> ask already. Oh man. <laughs> And you know what? I think it's going to be a good one for an audiobook. Um, so this book, it's my fourth book. It's called Wellness Well Played. And it's the power of a playlist. And it came at the perfect time in my life. I've written about purposeful playlists throughout my career. And I've definitely worked with people on their own, create curating their own playlists for different things, uh, different moods they might need. Um, or just looking at their histories and their memories, talking about stories, getting them to share information with me through their music. Um, but I also realize how much fun I had growing up. Um, Debbie, do you remember our cassettes? Oh, God, yeah. I had a ton of them. <laughs> right? Like, like, how did you label yours? See? I alpha, I put them in alphabetical order. Right. <laughs> and right? same with my albums. I had I had um, like over 600 LPs and I had Woodward's used to sell three-tier record stands and I would painstakingly put them in alphabetical order all the time. So <laughs> that's how I found what it was. <laughs> did you give any fancy names or did you share with no. friends? No. Oh, hell no. They were you, mean, you mean... Your share the albums with theirs, or or share your cassettes. Did you make like? Oh hell no, no 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 no. That's like this is gold. That's like giving away my wallet. Uh, <laughs> no way, absolutely. I used to buy. I had a I had a Macintosh stereo system. Sorry, I. You made me my nose. <laughs> from your nose. <laughs> I know we're still back in the palliative care room. <laughs> And we're and now we're trying to move. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying to stop our noses from running. I know. Um, no, I um, hmm. I used to. I bought this Macintosh stereo, and at that time in the seventies, it was a seven grand stereo. Oh. So I was. Oh. I'm. I'm a music freak. So. Oh. I had. Um, I used to buy the uh, half mastered records. Like oh. some of them were, um, not all of them, obviously, because yeah, yeah. they were expensive, but like for my favorite bands, like the Doobie Brothers, and there were oh, some yeah. that I bought half mastered. And uh, so, yeah, there's no freaking way those were. And when I moved, I bought, I got the um, uh, liquor store boxes. Yeah. And I would pack them because they were the perfect size. Oh. And you can get them, that they fit the album perfectly. I would have like, I don't know, God, 20 liquor store boxes to move. And I wouldn't let anybody stack them because I was so anal when I came to my records. They were truly a part of you. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> so me growing up, I didn't have the same access at the time. And lots of it was just financial, just did not quite have the same access. So I became latched to my cassette boombox radio, right? And would put the cassette in, 
and the um i believe it was the record button was even a little sticky so i had to use my two thumbs in order to hit play and record just to try to get all my favorite songs on there and stop it in time so the anchor person didn't you know come on and because you just <laughs> wanted it just to be your music and and so i created all these mixed playlists from any of the radio stations which we didn't have a lot back then and we still don't have enough but but now we can access through streaming but at the time you know you just did the best you can to to collect all this um this information and and so where this book takes us is, is on our own journey and how personalized music has been we talk about the history of where you know all our loves and likes have come and it moves us through several different ideas of how we can curate our own playlist today um, for all the different needs that we might need and then it adds in all the science it adds in all the brain science throughout mm -hmm. the entire book and and weaves it all together uh it felt like a lot of flow for me putting this together, like the the 30 years of my work as a music therapist and then all my years growing up kind of just mm -hmm. smushed all together into one book. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So how does somebody participate in music therapy, either both as a musician and as a client? Mm -hmm. So it, so first of all, they they can access a music therapist. So the first we there is um, the World Federation of Music Therapy (WFMT) World Federation, where you can find music therapists throughout the world. Um, in Canada, it's MusicTherapy.ca. In the United States, it's MusicTherapy.org. So you can contact someone and and have a, a consultation with them on the phone as to what are your goals going to be and um really common things we hear are um our loved one um uh, has been diagnosed with uh, alzheimer's mm -hmm. and we're finding they're feeling they're in that intermittent stage of um knowing they're not remembering the way they used to and and then having a day where they do remember and so a lot of frustrations coming in so we might get a call like that um, we may get a call from a musician who is going okay these last two years have been um, um, outrageously difficult for us and um, i just need to express that i just need to talk to someone who's going to give me an active listening ear um, because I need to figure this out and I need to feel better because I know I'm not feeling good. And then we may also get um, a call from um, a parent who has a child who has been feeling particularly anxious um, and that they are again looking for a counselor they came across music therapy and they thought i think this is going to work for them because they just absolutely are drawn to music so we'll get calls a variety like that and what happens is uh we go in and like all other therapists you're doing a, a real assessment in the moment um you are um putting together what's going to be the plan 
that you can work on together. Uh, yeah, it could be. Um, I've worked with many people in neural rehab where there may be a physical instrument in between us and we are working on specific movements, crossing mm. the midline in front of us and, and working with that, that brain connection. Um, to as something as simple of looking at a favorite song um, and dissecting it of what is it that's making it so special in your life and um, is there a way where we can now take that information and add even more in um, through music and other things in your world um, identifying the feeling that you truly need so so it'll look different for everybody, um, you know, working with a room of four-year-olds with autism versus um, working with uh, youth at risk um, with electric guitars around us. I mean, it, the space looks different. The instruments look different. The process is going to be different. And, uh, um, and that's also what makes this work forever interesting. I can remember when I started, I went, I'll give myself five years. I can't imagine <laughs> this longer than five years um, because I just did not realize how robust this work can be. Yeah. Wow. So I've got one last question for you. What music keeps your spirits up? What's on your playlist? Oh, I'm sure it doesn't surprise you to hear it changes all the time. Um, <laughs> For the last two weeks, though, I have been tapping into my university um, love, which was Tracy Chapman. Mm. And um, I am hearing every lyric she wrote in a whole new way. And for me, she wrote for the Times back then but she's also written for the time right now for me. And so that's been really terrific. And then I've also been incredibly tuned in to what everyone else is feeling like they're drawn to at this point. Where have you been, Debbie, before we go? I want to hear where I'm calling <laughs> out to you. Well, I, I'm definitely a headbanger, but I'm also very eclectic. <clears throat> my, um, my music tastes go from everywhere from jazz uh, to country to Judas Priest, um, who is my favorite band. But I, I've gone one month, I went to um, Manhattan Transfer Concert, ACD Concert, and uh, Ronnie Millsup Concert. So it's all over the map. Yeah. But my hard rock is deaf and alternative rock is probably where yeah. I live the most because I yeah. find it so... Not necessarily the words to some of those songs, because some of them aren't really great, but <clears throat> it's the upbeat lyrics, it's the guitar yeah. Oh my God, the guitar licks. <laughs> just, I mean, that to me, that's the ultimate orgasm. Right. It's a metal guitar lick. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. And just see how you lit up fully. Like that, this is what happens. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, you've, you've brought up one last point as we, as we wrap up, just as people are thinking through their own music. Um, yeah. Some of us are drawn more to the lyric. It's a hundred percent why you choose the music you do. Some of it, it's going to be the, the, um, 
the full orchestration of it all and mm-hmm. and and the bigness you know that can come with an electric guitar for example and and then some of us it's going to be a certain tempo you know you might be working at your desk and you need to have that certain um tempo that's in the background and and the genre doesn't quite matter as much and it's all these little pieces that we can look at more intentionally and use for our best selves, our best work lives, our best home lives, um, just by giving it some consideration and and uh, coming back to the book. That's what I really hope this book does for people. Well, I can't wait to read the book. <laughs> well, you're getting hear a the book. Hear the book. I want to hear the book too. <laughs> I know. Okay, but you're getting a copy. And yes, uh-huh. I'm going to seriously look Sweet. for that audio book. Okay. You bet. <laughs> well, thank you, Jennifer. This was so wonderful. Thank you, Debbie. Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. (gasps) No, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings. Every time you go. Field trip. HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices.